of the wanderers in all gold and black. You better retreat, cause we're on the attack. The strength of the wolf is the strength of the pack. We're Wolverhampton, we're on our way back. Well, hello everybody, welcome to episode 321. That is three, it's two, it's one, it's the Ines Wolves podcast. I'm your tired host, Mr. Nathan Judith. If we're going by Muppet Christmas Carol characters, I am your Charles Dickens, your Gonzo. Come in, Rizzo the Rat, Liam <laughs> Keane. I mean, of all introductions, um, we, I like to talk about the introductions on here, and that was your worst by a long way. Wow, I really planned that, to be honest. Great I mean, that's film. One of, one of the three things I've got scripted down here, notes, and that's it. I was quite proud of it. Excellent film. Um, well, there's a saying that, Rizzo's quite funny in the film, so I, I don't mind it. But Like maybe... the lamp, not the rat, like the lamp, not the rat. That's yeah, a good scene. Um, I thought you were more of a Tiny Tim vibe, but I... Wow. Um, wow. But, but, yeah... I'll take it. It could be worse. You could have. I, I, maybe I'm more of a ghost of Christmas present. Come in and know me better, man. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually quite a good impression. That was pretty good. Uh, dear, how was your Christmas, buddy? Pretty good, mate. Pretty good. Um, pretty quiet, just over at my uh, my parents. And, uh, yeah, obviously, in previous years, there's been a lot of... Um, well, there's been football on on Boxing Day, so it's mm. been not as heavy. But this was um, a lot of food and uh, a couple of beverages at the same time. Oh, so very that, nice. Mate. How about yourself? Very good, mate. Very good. Like I say, uh, quiet. Took the dogs back to Hull with my, my mum's. Um, lovely, quiet day. Chilled. Nice Christmas dinner. Nice afters. Nice picking at chocolates. Nice picking at everything you can go. Eating when you're stuffed. Two turkey sandwiches when I didn't need any of them, followed by a whole tub of Halo ice cream. I felt disgusting. I felt cheap. I felt used. But you know that's that's all part of uh, of Christmas Day. Well, exactly. And then uh, just to time it perfectly, um, my sister's dogs barking in the background. So it's um, it's normally Mate, you. That's you let... and your dogs. It really gets <laughs> I know, I know. on my. You know what? It's normally you letting the uh, the podcast down, but fortunately it's, it's me today. Um, no, I'm, I was exactly the same. I mean, you eating when you've got absolutely no need mm. to. Um, what was your <laughs> chocolate of choice? What was your unnecessary chocolate of choice? Mine were Maltesers. Mine would put them in a big bin, you know, just all taken, you know, all unwrapped and stuff. And you're just grabbing as you walk past the table, the kitchen table. You can't go to the bathroom or go to another room without just grabbing a handful. Well, exactly. I... <sighs> I mean, this does, this won't come to a shock when I say this to you. Mm. As a child, I was um, yeah. You know, I've always had a good appetite. You know, mm. I, I I like I like my food, and yeah. I, as a kid, would mm. I mean, I'd be up super early, obviously, really really excited, and then you go and have you know pretty much all of the chocolate in the morning before even Christmas dinner's, Christmas dinner's arrived. This dog yeah. is winding me up, by the way. Oh, sort it out. I mean, get, get some jiu-jitsu moves on it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to attempt um, <laughs> in a second when you're talking to try and yeah. quiet it down. Um, so this year, I mean, I mean, I am 27 tomorrow, by the way. Oh, um, you, you, you've done me there. That's that's number two of my three notes that I've made about, about Liam Keane's birthday. We'll come back to it. I apologise. Okay. Um, okay. So you'd have thought this would be a norm by now, but you know, as a, a bit of a surprise, I didn't actually eat 
that much of my own stuff because my mm-hmm. parents and my family got me a little bit of chocolate here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not actually doing that you don't, much. You don't want to eat your own stuff and you know, no, spend no, money, no. mate. You exactly. Eat else's, yeah. I had all of the communal stuff, all, all the you know the celebrations, heroes, college street, all that kind of stuff. My number one though, which I haven't even opened my pack yet, I've got it ready and raring to go. My number one, without a doubt, which I pretty much only ever have at Christmas, is Ferrero Rocher. I absolutely oh, yeah. adore them. They're my yeah. favourite. Have you got an assortment of Ferrero Rocher, like your dark, your regular, or your white, or just just your regular? I think the regular actually is still number one. Number uh, yeah, one, number I, one. I, I always get the regular normal pack, but I don't mind the other one as well, where the, the dark's pretty good and they mix up a little bit. But yeah, the the regular, yeah, unbelievable, my number one. And then as I said to you, you know, we drove down to Brentford yesterday. I did um, let slip to you in the car that um, mm. before we'd started driving, um, I did destroy a whole um, Terry's chocolate orange. Before I did feel quite sick in that car journey. I can't lie. Oh, is that stop starting? It took us four and a half bloody hours to get down there. Crikey! I know, I know. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm still full now, to be honest. But um, that's what it's all about. Love that. And um, on Christmas Day, when you were opening up, when uh, you know, when Santa unleashed his sack, what was your favourite gift of all? <laughs> uh, I got some nice vinyls. Uh, very good. Very good. Nice. Um, got uh, Nirvana's Nevermind album. Got the. Is, that, is, is vinyl the same as LP? Because I used to when I was when I was a young lad, and my first three uh, songs that I bought were Chesney Hawks, Star, uh, the I Am the One and Only, Star Trekking Across the Universe, and Yaz, The Only Way Is Up. They were all on LP. So is vinyl just a cool way to say LP? Well, I th- uh, I'll, be t- I'll be honest with you. I don't actually know, but my <laughs> my guess would be that your uh, is that the name for when you're buying a single. I'm, I don't know. Because oh, I'm these are, these are albums I'm getting rather than singles. Oh, okay, yeah, man. Um, you don't, you don't really but, get vinyl the... singles anymore because it was more of a because uh, it. Well, I assume so anyway. But yeah, okay. I uh, got the first two Oasis albums. Nice um, to go with the jacket that you wear every week. Exactly. Week, yeah. well, I mean, to be fair, I've got no choice considering that the rest the rest of my clothes are in storage and have been for four months. Um, <laughs> so don't don't go after me. Um, and then yeah, I had some vouchers to buy stuff for the house, basically. No. So the important stuff. Lovely. Good to know. Um, I had some nice presents. <clears throat> One of them we're debating a little bit at the moment. I've got some... Some people might say what, but you're, maybe, you're, maybe you like it, Liam, I don't know. I've got a bracelet for Christmas. <laughs> now, people may have differing views, especially people listening to the podcast, but it's quite, it's quite a manly bracelet, but it's a bracelet. But, you know, as people will know after the last eight or nine years... I'm quite metro as it is, so I've gone with it. But you've got to wear it pretty much 24-7. It doesn't really come off, so um, I'm stuck with it, really. And I think I quite like it. Liam, what are your views of it? I like it. I it's don't like mind it. a brushed it. metal kind of look. I mean, I think it looks quite smart, but I know people will... I probably couldn't walk into the centre of Wolverhampton and be taken seriously with it. No, but I mean, anything you, you wear is... You know, you sort of get that reaction, don't you? Um, Absolutely. If it's a, a salmon pink Snoopy jumper or if it's a, a nice well, bracelet. I asked Gary O'Neill uh, a question after Chelsea and realised I was still wearing uh, a Pomeranian sweatshirt and my and my Wolf's Christmas hat. Everybody else was dressed very smartly in the press conference room, so I've got no shame. Yeah, I wish you'd have mentioned that as well. If you'd, mm. have, if you'd have took it as an opportunity to uh, rib you a little bit, I'd have been quite mm. pleased. Um, yeah, I, I do like it. A, a bracelet wouldn't really be my go-to choice. Um but I, I, yeah, I don't mind it. I'm not against it. It's, it's, it is nice, and and I don't wear a chain. I wear I don't wear a chain, so it's it's a little bit men- men's jewelry, but not not crazy crazy over the top. 
I don't mind a little chain. I, I wear a chain. I think you know, pretty cool. Did you get one? What was what was your best? I didn't present? get one though. No, I just was, I, was I, a look, did Rosie get you? In fact, I, I have a, a nice one which I bought myself um, as a present for myself. Someone's a um, nice. Uh, two, what was it? Two and a half years ago when I got the Wolves job. So ah. there you go. Love that, love that. Well, you're drunken in the pub with your lads saying, I can't really, I got a job, got a job, Wolves, who's a poor, got to work with judo, so that's a dream come true. Yeah, it was, it was quite the opposite of that. It, was it? Wow. Yeah, it was, I think it was, it was around the time England were playing Denmark, I think, because I, mean, I was actually in the pub for that. Oh, um, sure. Good times, man, good times. Um, right, let's get on to the, uh, the football. Uh, Barmy game. Of football. Christmas Eve, we thought we had a great present. And then Christmas Day came and we had some more good presents. And then we got the probably, I would say, even though they beat Chelsea, the best Christmas present of all on the 27th of December. Brentford won. Wolverhampton Wanderers 4. A quite incredible evening, Liam Keane. And I think without doubt, Nathan Collins' best performance in a wolf shirt. I knew, I knew you would come in with that. I feel a little bit... Sorry, friend. I do a little bit. Not I enough. I do a little bit, but because Wolves got a result, that's that's the the more the most important thing. But I do feel a little bit bad for him. No, I do. He's a nice guy. You know, I didn't have any animosity towards him. I, you know, Wolves indifferent when he sold him. I, I get they had to balance the books to a certain extent and and recoup that kind of money. But I think it showed last night, Liam, that yes, he can have some excellent displays, but. Crikey, lad! That was twelve versus ten. Matt Hobbs masterclass. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, he's a. I think he's a, a pretty good player. The word for him is still probably potential. I think he's a player that will go on and do and do pretty well. And there's there's a reason why a lot of clubs like him, and there's a reason why Wolves still like him and wanted to keep him in an ideal world. But you know, with the situation they were in and the money they were being offered for him, it was difficult to turn down. And. Um, it, it it's sort of nice and vindicates Wolves and, and Matt Hobbs and, and everyone really a little bit to some extent when he goes and does that. Now, you know, on another day, he might have had an absolute barnstormer of a game and, and kept Wolves quiet and, you know, Brentford wouldn't win 1-0 and that could have easily happened. Um, but the fact that Wolves sold him in a, in a difficult summer and he goes on to make two very, very, very big errors for two Wolves goals um, and also then misses a header as well at 3-1. Is uh, yeah, it, it feels nice, I'm sure, for the people in in charge. You have to make those those tough decisions in the summer. But wolves were, wolves were a good value for it I, in the end. I thought it was a a pretty decent, entertaining game. Brentford had good chances, but wolves showed two different sides of their game, which we, we discussed afterwards um, on the video as well. They were clinical when they need, needed to be, mm-hmm. and professional and organised when they needed to be. And and both sides came through for a, a very very important three points. Yeah. And a quite insane first half. I mean, three goals in three minutes. We just couldn't keep up. It literally couldn't keep up. Like we were putting our heads, writing down and, and tweeting and doing a match report. And then all of a sudden, the, the ball was in the back of the net again. And then it was again. It was it was insane. I don't think I've. I mean, I can't remember since I've been doing this job three goals in three minutes. Uh, yeah. And I might be corrected. I'm sure there is something crazy in maybe an injury time, but especially in a first half where. You know, it was pretty even Stevens to start with. The game wasn't really doing anything. I think you looked across to me after 10 minutes and gone, God, this could be a long night. And then bish, bash, bosh. Crikey. Uh, look, obviously, Mario Lamina, let's talk about him first. 
and Pablo Sarabia, who had a wonderful first half and capped off with the most sublime cross that you will ever see. Again, no coincidence of that that combination. Two two games has worked and Lamina scoring the opener as well. I mean, it's fine scoring it when you're 3-1 up or 4-1 up or 2-0 or down, but the opener in any game is crucial, as it has proved to be against Chelsea and against Brentford. Took it brilliantly, but just his whole performance. I mean, I've given him man of the match today in the ratings. Thank you for, for giving me the, the uh, player ratings for, for one week only, Liam. And uh, he was just, again, for me, the best player on that pitch and looks a bargain at... 10, 11 million pounds. Goodness me. A bit less than that, I think, wasn't it, at the time? Wow, but um, yeah. No, absolutely spot on. Uh, thank, thank you for taking the ratings because it's been, as you could imagine, a very, very busy 12 hours with the <laughs> game last night. A load of stuff you got to get to morning. the pub, lad. Exactly. Um, but yeah, look, Mary Lamine, you've got to remember, this is a player who right now is playing while his dad's in hospital seriously ill. Mm-hmm. And that is... It's an incredible feat to be able to to put these kind of performances on, performances on, have this kind of commitment, play around Christmas as well, and be playing two days after another game, and just all of these things thrown into the mix. He would be well within his rights to have a conversation with Gary O'Neill. And by the way, Gary O'Neill would hundred percent would allow him to do this, and he's already sure. said this publicly as well, and say, "Look, I'm not in the right place. Can I have a few days off? Can I go back to France? Can I go see my dad and see my mm-hmm. family?" And he is choosing and feeling it's the right thing to do, just stick around and play football. And he has been absolutely magnificent. He is firing Wolves, not only in goals, but in performances to three points at the moment. Um, single-handedly in that first half at Chelsea, he, he carried Wolves and then, of course, gets the, the opener in the second half. And then against um, against Brentford last night, against what I think, oh, yeah, it, it's a, a Brentford side with injuries, but still a decent side with a good manager. Um, who do pretty well at home, and it's every, it's it's every aspect of the game right now he's doing. In possession, he's got quality on the ball. Uh, he's picking nice passes. He's switching play really nicely at times, and he's actually getting Wolves um, on the front foot. Whether it's finding Semedo or Sarabia on the right, or whether it's finding Ain't Nori or Cunha or Huang, he's finding the players in spaces and switching the play when needed, um, and really opening Wolves up going forward. Then he's making runs late into the box. He's finding space in the box for, for headed goals, obviously, in the last two games. He's then, on top of that, so aggressive in the tackle, runs and covers every blade of grass. Every single aspect of his game right now, as a midfielder, he is hitting perfectly. Uh, and that is a really difficult thing to do. So, nothing but praise for a, a player that, in, in, in the summer, actually would have been my choice for, for, for captain. But regardless yeah. of him being given the captaincy, is... A, a real leader on the pitch and, and he's being joined by other players around him that are feeding off that um, I thought Kilman was, was excellent again uh, last night and has been for, for some time now he's, he's a, a captain that leads by example but he, he has done that certainly consistently for a while Sarabia you mentioned I thought Smedo was very good you could go through a load of the play obviously the goal scorers were, were excellent so you could go through most of that team and I feel like and maybe this is because of the way he's performing individually, and maybe I'm maybe giving him a little bit too much credit here, but it does feel like the players are feeding off that energy that Mario Lamina's bringing. Um, and he's not the only one, because Jao Gomez is is adding to that as well. So Wolves are in a really good place. When you've got a player like him on song, who in turn is helping someone like Jao Gomez and bring the best out of him, 
this is a really, really good midfield partnership. Wang Hee-chan, ninth and tenth Premier League goals of the season. More goals in open play than Erling Haaland. You can't find any more superlatives to describe Wang. I think we've used them all up because we knew he was a good player. I don't think anyone, even the most optimistic Wolves fans, saw him having ten Premier League goals at the halfway stage in the season. Came off before half-time back spasms. We know that that doesn't look too serious and we could quite easily and hopefully, fingers crossed, see him against Everton in the starting eleven. But Liam, what's the um, what's the ceiling for, for Huang this season? I mean, look, you could, you could double it to 20 and get 20 goals. I mean, that's what he's on pace for, which I think is amazing, insane. I mean, very few players have scored more than him. I think if he scores one or two more, it's only it's only Haaland. He'll be up there with Salah, be ahead of Bowen and uh, and, and Son and, and a couple of these guys. Solanke as well is up there, isn't he? Yeah, Solanke's up there, that's right. So it's some very special strikers. And let's be honest, Wangi Chan isn't an out-and-out striker. You know, he's a forward. But he's played in a variety of positions across this, this, this forward line. And he's helped... On many occasions, but he's scoring goals. What's what's the ceiling for him this season? Do you feel? Well, we've had this conversation a few times on the pod, haven't we? And we've had to to keep adjusting the ceiling for him purely because he keeps exceeding expectations for us. So I think we probably should go a little bit more ambitious this time, or at least this is what I'm going to say. And I'll see if you agree with me. Go a little bit more ambitious this time. You've already said it. I think you go. 20 goals, 20 Premier League wow. goals. Really? I think you put that as the as the target now. And I think there's no reason why that shouldn't be the target. Now, if he doesn't get there, that isn't a criticism of him because 10 in comparison to what Wolves have been used to um, over the last few seasons is a brilliant return. For what we've seen from Huang in, his, in terms of his numbers and his return is, is an excellent return already at 10 goals. So you, you, I can't complain uh, if he doesn't get to 20. But I think that has to be a target. Why not? You know, there's there's no reason you don't give yourself that target. And if he ends up on 14, 15, 16, something like that, that is still a brilliant season for yeah. Wang. And it means that Wolves are in a good place. So why not? Yeah, I mean, I think realistically, if I was going to predict it, I would say probably 16. A couple of reasons. One, he hasn't had the best injury record, although I think it's got a lot better. He came off last night. We'll see, hopefully, that he's available for Everton. But... You know, you maybe have to factor in a little bit of that towards the end of the season when players are getting players are getting tired. Um, also, he's going if he is fit going to the Asia Asia Cup, so that could be up to four games that he misses in the Premier League. So you're looking at maybe having 15 games that he's going to play. If he's going to play all of them, I might take two with potential injury or a niggle. So there's 13, and all of a sudden one in two is is another six goals. So I, I would say 16, 17. I would also say, and temp, even though the ceiling's fantastic, and you might disagree with this, Liam, but for me, you can't go into every season expecting Huang Hee Chan. This could be a golden season. This could be his, you know, his pinnacle. Um, you can't go into next season thinking Huang Hee Chan should score twenty goals a season. Like for me, if he scores ten goals every Premier League season, that is an excellent return for me from what else he contributes throughout this team. No, that's a good point because he isn't a number nine as well, and he contributes a lot to the, to the side of you know apart from scoring goals. And I think if Wolves had an out and out number nine that Gary Neal is prepared to start games, and you played players like Cunha, Neto, Sarabia, Huang, like Bellegarde off this kind of player, off this number nine striker, then you've got a 
Um, I suppose a little bit of the, the goal-scoring pressure maybe taken off, depending on how the striker gets on. But equally, it's a different position and you're not necessarily expected to, to bag the goals. I think you're right, 16 is probably about a, a realistic target. But I think for him personally, he, he, I, I doubt he'll say it publicly and, and I understand mm-hmm. why. But for him personally, I don't see why 20 shouldn't be um, a target in his mind and something he can, he can aim for. But then you are right, Wolves can't rely on Huang and that's not a criticism of him it's more the injury record you mentioned he's had form issues since he's been at Wolves partly to do with the injuries but partly to do I think with with confidence and perhaps um, getting a prolonged run in the team albeit you know a lot of managers have liked him Um, but I think if you have him on this kind of form and have players Mm -hmm. around him adding numbers as well that's where Wolves are going to have the most success, and that's really what they found this season. You know, look at comparisons to to last season and where Wolves have, um, or, or the seasons really that that have gone by and where Wolves have struggled. He has been in goal scoring. So let me let me throw some numbers at you. Oh, I Mr. love it. Throw, Mr. throw Nathan them, Judah. Throw them, baby. So obviously, as you say, Huang's now on on ten. I mean, that that is you already surpassed the uh, the top goal scorer for the last couple of seasons, which we've mm-hmm. you know we discussed a few, quite a few Six. weeks ago. Luckily, when he yeah. when he got past that, um, but Wolves. I've now scored 27 league goals this campaign, mm-hmm. which is four goals short of the total for the whole of last season. Wow, that's insane. They got that 31 last insane. season. insane. And then if you even compare it to other seasons, um, Bruno Large's first season, 21-22 season, they got 38 Premier League goals in 38 Premier League games. So they're only 11 off that already. Mm. Um, under in, in Nuno's last season, which was the twenty twenty one season, they got thirty six, um, and then obviously you go past that and it's the seventh play finishes and they got fifty one. So obviously that was you know a much more successful uh, return. But in these last few seasons, they've been very short on goals, um, and that's not just the the squad in terms of the whole numbers, but it's also individuals. But then, as I say, you've got individuals that are adding to it as well. Mateus Cunha is now on five goals and four assists. Mm-hmm. Nine goal involvements for him. I think that's a really good return and something he can definitely improve on. Mario Lamina has got four goals from midfield. Um, Pedro Neto has been out for two months and is still joint top of the assist chart with seven. Um, and then Pablo Sarabia now is up there with five assists in the Premier League. So all of these players that are starting to add numbers into the I mean, Belegar's got two goals now. I know it's, it's still a small number, but it's something to build on. You've got these players that are, are adding alongside Huang and that if you can continue that is where I think a lot of water's success is going to come from yeah and in terms of formation Liam I know that they moved from from five at times they were a four last night then back to a five this is I think where Wolves are the most comfortable aren't they I mean we've discussed about Gary Neal's tried to play a four I don't think you can just go with a four anymore and really feel that you've got to have that hybrid formation where you can move from a five to a four, which brings in the discussion about centre-backs and Craig Dawson missed last night, should be back for Everton. I thought Santiago Bueno came on and did a really good job after a shaky start. I thought it was very, very strong, especially in that second half and did himself um, you know, plenty of favours, I think, and, and I'm sure got a lot of confidence from his own performance as well as Confidence from the coaching staff who were watching that. I thought it was a, a fine display. But Craig Dawson has, I think he's been exposed recently a little bit, and it's not through no fault of his own, but there's been some poorer displays where Wolves have been caught three on two, three on one, and he hasn't got that pace anymore to get across. He doesn't rely on pace, Craig Dawson, in his game. But I do feel, Liam, and we had this discussion 
in a couple of podcasts ago that when it comes to the summer and if they are going to cons- consistently play five at the back with three centre-backs, Max Kilman, brilliant last night. Totti Gomez, superb. But these guys will also... I mean, Totti Gomez is a young guy. He will have dips in form. Craig Dawson getting on a little bit in years. I'm not sure you can rely on him completely as a stalwart throughout next season. I think that there might... The, I would like Wolves to go and buy a starting centre-back next year. And that might shock a few. But for me, I think that's a position. If they are going to continue with this five that needs to get strengthened, that you perhaps would not be the obvious one. When you say next year, do you mean the summer? Yeah, the summer. The summer. Because summer it, for it, me, I don't think it's. I don't think it's. I wouldn't look at it in January, but I think in the summer, I would go out and go and get a starting defender. Yeah, no, I think with, um, with, with mentioning it as the summer, I think is uh, is definitely where I agree with you completely. Um, and it's something I actually hadn't really thought about properly until we discussed it on the podcast, and you brought it up um, mm. a few weeks back. Um, and we've had a few chats about it um, since then. We were chatting about it in the car last night as well, and um, and yeah, I, I, I agree, I do. And it's, I think it's quite an important point. You've got Yerson Mosquera coming back, obviously, which sure. depends on whether he goes on loan again in January. We know a lot of Championship clubs want him, and, and he's still young. And um, I don't think you can rely on him necessarily. Look, we saw what happened with Totti Gomez, came in out of nowhere and was brilliant after his loan at Grasshoppers. So it could happen. Of course it could, but I don't think it's something you can you can bank on by any means. So putting into the side for one moment, um, Kilman and Totti completely agree with you. Brilliant last night, and I think um, both of them, but probably in particular Kilman, mm-hmm. um, incredibly consistent in the last um, two, three months or so. Uh, agree with your assessment on Dawson. And then, and then Santi as well. So, yeah, I, I agree that definitely better second half last night. Overall, a pretty decent performance from him. Um, I think yeah, there's definitely promise and something there to build with him. My biggest concern is he, he still looks a little bit lightweight to me. Yeah. Um, He's turned too easily, doesn't he? Yeah, and, and actually, the that's that's the right phrase there when it comes to the the, uh, the Wisser goal last night mm. as well for mm. Brentford. He got turned a little bit too easy for that goal and maybe his awareness and positioning and, and reaction to to the ball could have been a little bit better. Um, Gary Neal said that he thought he was excellent and he can see he's played in big games and played against Real Madrid and all this kind of stuff. And I didn't quite agree with the the um, the assessment um, to go that far. I thought he was good, but I don't think he was quite as, as excellent as Gary Neal made out. But um, there's a player there. But there there is certainly scope, I think, for Wolves to go out and get someone that is going to challenge... Um, Totti and, and Kilman, and particularly when you're playing this five, and that's the that's the key thing, isn't it? It is still a bit of a hybrid position where obviously Eight Nori bombs on, and then you've got mm. Totti coming across. So it is a it's a slightly specialist formation and system with specialist players, really, like Totti who can play left back and comes over, and Eight Nori who can move into left wing, and Cunha or Huang or whoever it is can come forward into into central alongside each other. Um, but if you're going to play three centre backs, which you know, officially, technically, Wolves are at the moment. Then, I think you have to you have to look at that as somewhere to improve. But um, at the moment, the the players that are playing there have been have been brilliant. So you've got to give them the credit they deserve. Absolutely, and just just finally uh, finishing off Brent from from last night. It was a it was an insane first half, of which Wolves scored three goals. But arguably, Liam, and we discussed this on the on the analysis video as well. I thought that the second half display was way more impressive. The way that they there was a Brentford, of course, there was going to be a bit of an onslaught coming up out of the second half. They were they were defending quite deep and there were a couple of last-ditch moments. But I thought that after those first 10 minutes, when they weathered that storm, 
they actually composed themselves very well. They, they kept the ball on the ground. And actually, Jose Sad did not have too many saves to make on the evening, especially in that second half. It was quite comfortable. And that's testament to, to Gary O'Neill, to the tactics, to the players following the plan. And to win the second half, even 1-0 with, with Cunha's great work and, and, and Bellegarde finishing it off was quite superb, really. But I was so impressed with that second half performance. Um, and maybe, you know, people watching us, well, they were 3-1 up, it's easy. But actually, we all knew going into half-time that this game could quite easily, anyone who was there last night, anyone who was watching on TV, knew that Wolves could quite easily draw that 3-3, or worse. In fact, it could have been 3-3 at the break. Wolves could have been down at the break, let's be honest. They, they had plenty of chances, but the way they were so clinical and closed out that game was so, so impressive. And the, the key to that really was not conceding within the first, what, 10, 15 minutes of of that second half mm. and uh, and Brentford did have possession and did have control and were in control of the game but Wolves were organised they were professional they were diligent and um, and they worked hard for each other and I, I thought that was that was really key and uh, and they got their rewards for it because they after they weathered a little bit of the storm as you say they, they gathered themselves they, they had more composure they looked th- threatening on the break and Cunha hit the post before going on to set Bellegarde up for, for the fourth goal and it was impressive to see Wolves play, the, as you say, the other side of the game and be and not allow the game to run away with itself and get away from them, which in the past they have done. So that is a, I think, is a big positive. And, and yeah, they, they they followed a a plan, and it wasn't the most exciting in the second half, as in comparison to the first. But it had to it had to be that for Wolves to get through the game and to keep that that crowd quiet and to keep some of Brentford's bigger players quiet. So. A massive three points, and I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in. It's totally off topic to what we were just saying about the second mm. half. But I'm gonna throw in a little bit of trivia, which I thought was well. I'm hoping it's correct anyway. But this is what I've, this is what I've been told by my uh, my family this morning, who were watching on on Amazon last night um, on the broadcast. They said that obviously the three goals came in those three minutes, the 13th minute to the 16th minute. But with all of the restarts and um, after, after the goal going in and all those kind of things. Um, can you guess how many seconds uh, the ball was actually in play for when those three goals for those three goals to be scored? What in between the first and the third? Or? So the thirteenth minute to the sixteenth minute, it's three yeah. minutes. But how okay. many how many of those minutes the, the oh, ball actually goodness. in play? Um, so 180 and I hope seconds. I've got the number right. This is according to the Amazon broadcast last night, anyway. But I'm hoping this is correct. 180 seconds. One was virtually from kickoff. Um, Nathan Collins, fantastic long ball that uh, got intercepted. Um, let's have a look. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to half it. I'm going to say, and I'm going to say, 88 seconds. It was an incredible 42 seconds. Wow, the ball was in play. Which I, Two seconds which I with three was, goals. Was I thought was in, which isn't insane. I mean, that it's technically obviously crazy. three minutes, but the ball actually being in play, it was 42 seconds. That's got to be a Premier League record. If anyone's doing stats like that, as intricate as that, then that's got to be up there. If anyone knows, please let me know. <laughs> please let us know. Amazing. I assume that there's. I assume in the Premier League this season there's been three goals in three minutes. I assume that there has been, but maybe not. No, there's definitely been something fairly recently, whether it was this season or last season. Or so. There's been something like that. Yeah, I can't remember exactly when or where, but um, yeah, insane. There's always something crazy that happens at Brentford, though, isn't there? I know. Like, well, yeah, a couple of years ago we had the drone, the drone, didn't we? Yeah, and then they had a cracking win as well, didn't they? Um, yeah, they won two on that day. Yeah, that was under Bruno. 
uh, yeah, bizarre, really. Um, but great, because like you say, and fair play to the 1,700 fans who travelled, that journey was grim. We had the Wolves media team travelling from Liverpool. They took six and a bit hours to get there. We took, I mean, we were lucky, really, Liam, but we took, how, how long was it? Well, it should have been two hours, and it took us about 2.45. 2.45, but many people had four, four and a half hour journeys, longer than that. So for you guys to do that, most of you are back at work as well, and, and then to come to the game were richly rewarded, so to speak. So, yeah, fantastic. And, and, and great. Look, Liam, Wolves are, are let's say, joint, the joint tenth at this moment in time in the Premier League table, and it is great to look at. I mean, 22 points now. At the halfway stage is sorry, twenty-five points. My bad. At the halfway stage is is absolutely superb, and like you say, double that to fifty. And Wolves are up there with some of the highest Premier League points scores ever. You know, total points scores. So eleventh in the table, three points away from what well, they would go ahead of Brighton, and they'd be I mean, only six points away from sixth, Liam. Five points away from fifth, and as we know, um, sorry, five points away from seventh, as we know. Europa Conference League is seventh now. We're not we're not saying they're going to get there at all. But I got a few barbecue shouts last night, Liam. Got a few barbecue shouts in the socials. Get those get those sausages bought, lad. Um, if we could get a sweat, I mean, it would be a sweat for me at Liverpool. But if that to go to Liverpool and somehow win to get seventh or eighth, goodness me, that's going to be nervous. And I don't, I'm not sure which way I'd want it to go. I'll be honest. Got to be honest with you, Kino. One one in the ninety second minute. Couldn't you? <laughs> could you honestly, mate? Could you Four imagine? Grand down. I'm, I'm on the picture right, if that happens. Oh, I'm white. Um, I'm white as a sheet. Podcast barbecue. I mean, not only because it'd be amazing to see Wolves achieve that, and and obviously would be brilliant, but purely for the entertainment of seeing you. <laughs> we'd have sweat. to have a wet GoPro on me. We, for the we'd 90 have to minutes. have some sort of. Ca- I mean, I'll be taking yeah. pictures and videos of you during the game, oh, and oh, I mean, oh. I'd have to because the. The reaction and the sweat from you thinking, oh, well, man. this is this is the credit cards getting a battering here in the, in a oh. few weeks' time. If I don't, uh, if, if if Wolves don't lose this game, <laughs> would be absolutely hilarious. The entertainment oh. would be well worth anything. Oh my god, I'm, I'm excited for it. He's not, we're not even anywhere near it yet. Can you imagine the people turning up for it? Can you imagine the? T- I mean, we'd have to have security there as well. It would be. Insane. I mean, I'm not saying all 13,000 fans are, are putting, you know, whoever's listening to this are coming, but we'd have to make it ticketed. We'd have to get a few people there. But yeah, I've, I've done a few initial costings and it's, as the cool kids say, it's not looking good, Brev. <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's, not, it's not looking good. Yeah, that might be. I mean, we'll have to, you know, iron out the details if and when it becomes a, a reality. But uh yeah, that's <laughs> God, God. <laughs> that could be a really, really fun trip to Anfield. Uh, excellent news! Can't wait! Can't wait! Um, yeah, just a quick one before we uh, carry on. Uh, thank you to everyone when I, I did a little bit of a, a message last week, um, just saying if anyone needed a little bit of a helping hand over Christmas, um, then I'm more than happy to to contribute. Uh, thank you so much to those people who did reach out. Um, hopefully. I could make your Christmas like half a percent, one percent better. So bless you. Um, I hope you had a really good Christmas and New Year's going to be a lot better. Um, also, people I chatted to on the phone and I know I'm going to speak to a couple um, in the next couple of days as well. So um, thank you so much. Also, thank you to the people. Also, we said it's a commun- community. It's a family, this uh, this Wolves Potty Show. Um, and, you know, very proud to for all the people who do listen and there's so many people, Liam, as well, who wrote in and emailed in 
um, offering whatever they could as well, you know, whether it's emotional support or financial support as well to help those, you know, who maybe are going through a, a little bit of a difficult time at this moment in time. So I read every single one. I'm replying to every single person who did get in touch. So thank you so much for that. And also people who are just writing, Liam, and saying, you know, all over the world where they've been listening to, not just this season or last season, but the last five, six, seven years and reminiscing over some crazy episodes and some funny subjects and topics that I'd completely forgotten about. So it, it was honestly, I was humbled with the amount of people who got in touch. Um, so thank you so much. And like I say, that was, um, that was really special what you guys did and we really appreciate it. Right. Interesting Gary O'Neill interview last night, Liam. I think it was with Amazon uh, after the game, not with the um, not with you guys in the in the press room afterwards. But he discussed about striking options, and he was asked about January, and he was saying about we've got a small squad, and we all know that. And he said we've got two number nines, Liam, two number nines, but failed to mention the actual number nine who was given the number nine shirt, who is a number nine, and cost thirty odd million pounds in Fabio Silva. Was this? just a, a fraudulent slip from Gary O'Neill or was this the final nail in the coffin for Fabio Silva's Wolves career? Yeah, I, I think I think unfortunately the uh, the time will be up for Fabio. I mean, we spoke about this obviously a, a few weeks back in my story fairly recently about um, a lot of clubs, uh, five clubs are named in, in Germany and, and unnamed clubs in, in Spain and Italy that are are interested in him, and don't get me wrong. I'm sure there'll be plenty in other divisions as well um, that will be interested in, uh, in in taking him on. And that was alongside the fact to, to say that you know if if they can find the right deal and there and all pies are happy with it, he will be moving on in January. That was a, a very definitive um, decision, really, on on all on all fronts. Um, we're still waiting to hear when where, how he will leave, whether it's a, a loan with an option, a loan with an obligation, a permanent deal. Um, the indications for my story a couple of weeks ago were that uh, the money Wolves would want for a permanent, albeit they, you know, all parties would be open to it. Um, the money that Wolves would want to let him go would probably be a bit too much for what a club would pay for him at this point, um, particularly having not played a lot recently and with it being January, it's a difficult market, etc., etc. So a loan with an option would be probably more favourable. But we're still waiting to hear on that and, and exactly where he is he's going to go. But I, I, as far as I understand it, I think we'll be hearing something fairly soon. Um, and Fabio Silva will be will be moving on. Um, I'd say never say... Unless he leaves on a permanent deal, of course. I'd say never say never with Wolf's career being up. Because, you know, as we've seen in the last six, seven, eight months, anything can happen. Gary O'Neill might not be here in the summer. There might be a new manager in. As unlikely as, as that is, um, I'll, I'll leave that... Slightly open, just in case anything happens, but it seems very unlikely to me now that the Fabio remains beyond January and then probably beyond the summer as well, if you're being perfectly honest. Um, yeah, he, he's definitely going to have plenty of suitors, like you say, Liam. This is, okay, he's had a very difficult Wolves career, but if I'm, let's say I'm playing Chapman and I see a £30 million young striker who's got an excellent goal-scoring record on loan away from Wolves who's a Portuguese under-21 international. I'm, there'll be, I mean, look at every, so many clubs who want a striker, and yet you get someone like that who's available for a loan or for a permanent. I'm sure someone would take a chance on him, but it would just depend. It would. It, it's going to be a, I think you're right, I would expect him to go out on loan. I think it's a very complex deal to make, 
permanently, especially when January the short of time, unless the in deep detailed discussions with a certain team for a permanent move. I feel like that is going to be a long process in the summer um, in terms of packages and appearance fees and add-ons and bonuses because it's it's very unrealistic that Wolves will get anywhere near the price they paid for him. But at the same time, they will need to save face. Um, they'll need to look after um, Fabio as well, but look after the club, look after the player himself. And I think that's going to take a lot of work for for a permanent deal to take place. And I, I would... I would say it's not the ideal situation, but for Fabio, I think he wants to go out, he wants to play, he wants to score goals, and I feel like that's just not going to happen at Wolves, is it? No, it hasn't worked. I mean, he was given an opportunity early parts of the season. Um, I think it was around three starts, I think, if my memory serves me right. Um, and Has he been given enough opportunity, Liam? That was actually going to be my next point. There's an argument to say that isn't enough of an opportunity. Um but at the same time, those games, those starts didn't particularly go well. So I can understand Gary Neal making a, a decision to to change and 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 change the the start of eleven from there onwards. And of course, the success he had from there onwards made it difficult for him to to make any more changes really to the starting eleven. At the same time, did Fabio deserve a few more chances off the bench and maybe a few more minutes? I think he probably did. But um, it's clear that Gary Neal has not been been happy with what he's seen. I think he's made a few comments and questions that me and another journalist have asked. A few comments to suggest without sort of outwardly criticising Fabio, but certainly suggesting this, that the um, he's been left wanting a little bit in training. And um, and I think Gary has probably wanted a bit more from him. But it, it clearly hasn't worked and, and Gary Neal's not a, not a fan. And it's it's a little bit... Sad, really. It's a shame because he's a player who wants to play here and do well. But if he's not going to get the chances, we'll we'll move on. And he's had a good relationship with the fans. The fans have backed him. And when he's had chances, it hasn't quite worked. And when he and then for the the most part, he probably hasn't had enough chances. And and then you 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 wonder where that next chance is going to come from. Um, and it seems like those chances have probably run out now. Is it a case that Fabio Silva is a very good striker? In the wrong league, I think it's a good argument. I, I do think it's a good argument. Um, Could we see Fabio Silva in three or four years' time being one of the top strikers in Europe? That is a tough question because it depends to to have that kind of um, yeah to have that label. You probably need to be playing in the Premier League or as a close equivalent league as possible. Well, outside of the Premier League, let's say you know, and Germany, Spain, I think, Italy. I think, I think, I think I could definitely see him doing well in in somewhere like Germany, which I think is a very good level. But obviously, not quite the, the Premier League level. Um, Spain with the type of style I, I could see working as well. It's all sort of similar to Belgium and and, and the Dutch league when he when he obviously played there on loan last season. These kind of leagues, I think, will definitely suit him better. Um, mm. There were some suggestions, you know, when he first arrived at Wolves, some fans suggested maybe he should go on loan to the Championship, things like that. I never really felt that would have suited him. Um, obviously, we never got to find out. Uh, in you know, he had he had he gone there, and in, in hindsight, it might have been completely wrong, but didn't feel like that would suit him. Um, and he, we've clearly seen when he, he's happy and confident and being given opportunities, he has gone and scored goals and played games and, and done well. So um, I think he'll go on to have a good career and and, and do well at Wolves, uh, do well else, out, out, elsewhere. Sorry, I just don't think it will be. At Wolves and um, 
probably end on a, a bit of a sour note considering the uh, the promise and the money spent on him in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see this January. Like you say, not short of suitors. I'm sure he will go somewhere, but I agree. A uh, couple of questions, Liam. Not in the squad last night. Uh, neither was Bubakar Traore. Both missed the game against Chelsea as well. Is that selection or do you feel still illness? Yeah, so I mean, illness has obviously been um, what's uh, what's been put out and what we what we're being told at this stage. Um, I've got no reason to to believe that is untrue. Um, purely with Fabio, it feels like obviously a little bit convenient as well, mm-hmm. knowing um, and what I've put out there and what I know is that they're trying to get a deal done uh, as soon as possible. So um, I think it'll be a telling sign if he's not involved, um, for it, you know, in the squad for the Everton game. Um, but you've got to remember when Neto was coming back, um, one of the forwards is going to have to drop out mm-hmm. out of the squad. One of the senior options, and Fabio was probably the the obvious one, knowing that he wasn't going to play. So, um, yeah, I, I I would expect with other players coming back for Milner's fairly quickly. Um, if he's not around for Everton, it's it's also a pretty damning indictment for his his uh, yeah availability going forward as well. Yeah, another question I want to put to you, Liam uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers expert of ExpressNestar dot com um, <laughs> is. Look, I mean, Pedro Neto, unused substitute last night, was just about to come on uh, and then Wolf scored and, and then he kind of got withdrawn. So we expect Pedro Neto to be available for Everton and probably with him not having any minutes, I think very likely that we'll see him come on the pitch, but probably from the bench, I think is, is fair to say. Uh, Joe Hodge back in the squad as well last night, which was great to see him, him on the bench. But with Pedro Neto, just talking about Pedro Neto as well, and you know, you think that especially with, with Juan going to the the Asia Cup, hopefully if his injury is okay and his back spasms, which I'm sure they are, that that's actually going to be a very timely um, comeback for Wolves. And he's got a bit of a break in January as well, so he can really get back up to speed. So I think you've got to treat him, um, you know, carefully in this next game, because after that, they get a nice little break. So I think maybe a 15, 20 minute cameo works quite well. But Liam, Wolves are 11th in the table, right? And Gary Neal's talked a long time about getting a striker, got to get a striker, got to get a striker in January. We all think, unless Wolves surprise us, that that will not be a permanent deal. That will be a loan, maybe a half a season, a six-month loan with a view to a permanent Everything if everything works out okay. Wolves are quite happy at this moment in time. I don't think there is any danger whatsoever of Wolves becoming... In a, in a relegation battle this season. I really don't. And quite a few people are reaching out saying Wolves should be looking up the table, not down. And I completely agree with that statement. Will there be bumps in the road? Yes, of course. Will there be some excellent wins? Yes, there will be. Wolves are way ahead, way ahead of where they thought they would be at this stage. And I think when Gary O'Neill spoke about it initially, Wolves were potentially thinking there might have been 16th, 17th, 15th, four or five points, maybe clear, six points clear of, of the bottom three, but still need a little bit of impetus. My, my, I guess my question to you is, with the likes of Sasha Kalajic not being able to get on the pitch, with the likes of you know Fabio Silva, who's here at this moment in time, with Pedro Neto coming back, is there an argument that Wolves don't really need a striker now? They can wait till the summer and then go, is, is someone going to make that big a difference? And if they are, Six month rental is it is it worth it for Wolves anymore? So the the first thing I'd say I'd slightly disagree. It, it, it's definitely possible Wolves can bring a permanent player in, 
we know that they've been looking at players, whether it's permanents or loans. The issue is, and this is to to your credit and your you know to your point, the issue is getting the right deal in January, and that potentially leads itself to a loan with an option as maybe a more favourable uh, deal to bring in, purely because how many teams are going to be looking for a striker? There's going to be quite a few, uh, mm-hmm. as there always is. Um, how easy is it to find a striker that's going to come in and, and score and play regularly in the Premier League? Not easy at all. And then how easy it is on top of that to do deals in January? Most teams that have to buy in January normally are because they're struggling for whatever reason. And teams often don't want to sell in January because they don't want to lose their best players. So January, for lots of different reasons, is a very difficult market to work in. And all of these added together... Yeah, you would. It seems to be that it would be more favourable to bring uh, a loan in, but it's not out of the question they could bring a, a permanent in. But to the, the final point you made there, which I think is a good one, that I was talking to this um, with a colleague, uh, talking about this with a colleague last night as well after the game, to say that there is a genuine, really good argument that unless Wolves can find the perfect player and the right deal for what they want in terms of age profile, style of striker, price, that you know everything that they they need to find and they're not compromising or if they are compromising to a, a small extent they're not compromising um enough that makes it a a bit of a risk of a deal. If they can find that it's worth doing because the squad needs a bit of depth and it needs you know some additions absolutely and especially with Fabio moving on and and they're going to need uh, I don't think they can afford to lose numbers, put it that mm. way. Um, mm. They need to at least keep what they've got. However many go out they need to bring in, I think is probably the, the best way to put it. But if they can't find that, there's a genuine good argument to say that they should hold off, bide their time and wait until the summer when the di- when market is slightly different, slightly more open, the deals are easier to do, they've got a lot more time to do it um, and you know, a host of other reasons as well. So... Yeah, I think it's a really important point. I think I think it's an interesting one that yes, they want to add a striker, they want to add a winger or someone that's sort of along the forward line mm. uh, as well. But if it's something that it's not going to be the right deal for the right player at the right time, it could be worth holding off. Um, and I don't think Wolves will be again to your point purely based on the fact that they've exceeded expectations and they're further ahead than they expected to be um, in the table and, and on points at this stage of the season. They don't have to panic. They've now got the opportunity sure. to take stock and make a smart decision. So, you know, smart decisions are are much better than rushed ones, and I think that will be a hopefully welcome, even if it means fans get a little bit frustrated at a lack of business in in January. It doesn't mean the Wolves will do that, but I can understand the argument of why it might be better to hold off. Well, I think I think the hierarchy that Wolves have sorted themselves out with recently, and the way that it's happened, they've got the, I think smart decisions are a lot more. Um, likely to happen than, than poor ones, put it that way. I think they're I agree. in a really good spot going forward and they're very sensible people who are who are looking after the money and looking making these big decisions now, which is which is good to see. Um right, a word from football prizes. Um they're, they're one of our sponsors. Um look, amazing two pound ninety five tickets. You can get mega cash wheel, spin the wheel, spin the wheel of fortune. Kenny used to like that show. Would you like to win two and a half thousand pounds tax free baby? I mean I like money. Mm. <laughs> you like Wonga? I like Wonga. Mm. What, what's that? What's that? I can't even speak. Well, complain I about. I can't speak. I can't speak. I can't, oh, that is a great video. I love that video. Oh, nine data. <laughs> By the way, that sixteen-year-old lad's through again. I mean, 
16, but... He looks 16. older than me. He looks, looks way about, older than me. He looks about 41. Yeah, he looks he looks older than me, 100%. Cracky. £2.95, get yourself involved. Uh, Magic Wheel second spin as well. Lots of great prizes. £2.95, uh, four days to go in that. Already half the tickets sold. Uh, great value. Footballprizes.co.uk, baby. And I'm sure there'll be some Wolves ones on the way soon. How would you like kettleandtoastman.co.uk, a warm light, traditional convection heater, Kino, this is one of the ones. Of course, they're quite big, obviously, but they'll come. You don't have to. You don't have to put them up. It's not a flat pack. Um, but plug it in. Good to go. Three heat settings. Seven hundred and fifty, one thousand two hundred and fifty, and two thousand watts. An adjustable thermostat, indicator lights, uh, overheat protection, thermal cutoff. How much, please, for you, young oh. man? We know how uh, sought after heaters are. Oh yes, especially in this uh, this grim period. Although it wasn't too bad, it wasn't been too cold last night. I've got to admit. Yeah, thanks. Still, still need a bit of heat. You got to be looking at one fifty. Uh, I mean, look, I would say I would say three figures less. Go lower. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way you do the active, but it's perfect. I'm not. Le- I'm, not less, I'm just stunned. I'm stunned. Less than three figures. Less than three figures. Well, you it, well, 99 then, because it's not going to be much lower worse than that, surely. Lower. What? Lower. Keep going. 75. Lower. <laughs> oh, mate. How low do I go now? That's the question. Wow, there you go. Limbo, baby. 50. Lower. No chance. You're mugging me off now. If I were to tell you, Liam Keane, of theexpressandstar.com, that you would get change out of a £20 note. Blimey. You would get... Here's some maths for the Liam Keane uh, for your episode 321, which also was a great game show, by the way. Not that you would know it. Dusty Bin. Some of the older people will. Um, £2.50 change from your £20 note. How much was the radiator? £17.50, baby. Get that lad on the 1% club. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Liam Keane, superb. £17.50. dot. UK, we have got time for... Have we got time for it? Yes, we've got a bit of time for it. I know you've got the, the train to catch. It is your birthday tomorrow, Liam. So happy birthday, happy sweet 16 to you. <laughs> and what are you going to do? What are you, what are you, how are you going to pop your cherry? Wow. <laughs> I did not expect you to use that phrase. <laughs> um, just going pub. Oh. Go pub. Um, lads, Seems seems the schoolmates should be a should be a good laugh. So I'm going to make sure. Are these the type of friends who are going to make you absolutely paralytically drunk, or um, gonna, is it an easy one? They won't they make keep on me. Shots and stuff. They won't make me, but you know it would certainly gets a little bit merry. Um, okay. I as you know, ever the professional, I will endeavour to uh, be there on time and ship shape for the Everton game. Um, yes, you're leaving me to the press conference all on my own tomorrow. Well, that is true. I'm, I'm actually like making, you, making you you know, do some work and, and urge your wage, like <laughs> earn your wage. But Don't like it. Um, yeah, it's. I'll make sure that I'm, I'm okay. I'll make it for... I'll make it tomorrow you in, in one piece. Oh, I'll be taking a couple of pictures of you when you walk into the press room on Saturday. You will not be <laughs> too good, lad. Uh, right, keen or not keen? Are you ready for keen or not keen? I'm ready. Okay, just a few statements this week. Uh, are you keen or not keen? Wolverhampton Wanderers did not overpay for Mateus Cunha. Keen Ooh. or not keen? It's a, it's a good one. Um, Do you want to re- remind them what they paid for Cunha? Forty-three. £43 million. Pounds. Wolves did not overpay for Mateus Cunha. Keen or not keen? I'm a big, big, big fan of Mateus Cunha. But I'm afraid 
I'm not keen. They did over. Not keen, not keen. Okay, okay, okay. Look, I like it. I like it. You you stick to your guns. Go on. Carry on. Why not keen? I mean, it's it's pretty common knowledge um, that at the time they overpaid for him because they needed to bring in what was the number one target for Lopetegui and Wolves and, and uh, obviously the desperate position they were in, uh, in, in going into into the new year and bottom of the table. Um, or not, well, at Christmas at least. They weren't by uh, by New Year. But you, you, get, you get my drift. Mm. Um, and... Yes, he's been he's been really improved this season. Really good, you know, nine goal involvements as I say in the Premier League. I've been really impressed with him. Um, I think he brings a lot to the team. It was such a high fee to pay that I think he would have to do a lot more to justify it. But that doesn't mean that I don't think he's been a really good addition and someone that is that was worth investing in. But if we look at it purely on the figures, they they definitely overpaid for him. Um, I think if if you were to sit some people down at Wolves and um, interrogate them for an answer on that question I think they would they would openly admit that as well okay um Huang He Chan will score more than 16 league goals this season keen Ooh. or not keen you said more than 16 so I'm more than 16 goals as much as I've given him that target I'm gonna say not keen because I think it'll be around keen, that keen. rather than okay. more okay um keen or not keen Nathan Collins wore a Wolves vest underneath his Brentford shirt last night. <laughs> Definitely keen. I mean, he, he did. He did admit, um, you know, after he'd left and gone to Brentford. I mean, it wasn't straight away. It was a few months later. But he did admit in an interview that he didn't want to leave and he, you know, wanted to stay and he was happy. Um, obviously, Wolves had to make a decision uh, that that was right for them. So, yeah, he's Wolves through and through, baby. Love <laughs> it. Regifting presents, keen or not keen. I'd say not keen only because I've never done it, but I don't. I, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily mind it. I think you know, if you if you've got a bottle of something, maybe you, you're mm. not a drinker, or you don't like that particular drink, or something like that. Why not? Save some money. Selling presents, keen or not keen? Oh, again, <laughs> there's a lot of context here. I've I've never done it, so I'll also say not keen. But I've done it. I've done it. I mean, hundred percent, you've done it. I mean, the kind of money you're talking about here, we're oh. talking. We're not talking three figures here. We're talking four or five. Hundreds of thousands, lad. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I've never done it, but I can understand why someone might. It, de- it depends on what it is and how much it is. Like my mum got from one of her friends from America a huge DHL package, massive box. Opened it up, and it's a Sean the Sheep footrest. Like, what's, my word. What's going on? Mum's seventy. She's got this sheepskin footrest that she I mean it's just insane insanity I went online it's about 250 quid I mean I'm selling that I'll sell that for 185 happy days and I'll take a fee for handling take but <laughs> come on absolutely astonishing take a cut lad. You, you can't sell those it's just absolute crap in the house no one needs it no one wants it yeah that is no use for it yeah and, I, I, I'd actually be buzzing to get it knowing that I could make nearly 200 yeah. quid on it I'll be buzzing yeah. Uh, if anyone's interested in a, a beautiful Sean the Sheep um, wow. footrest, then it's it, it's yours for four hundred pounds. Four hundred pounds. <laughs> right, should we take some questions from the beautiful people? And well, they are beautiful. They are gorgeous. They are sexy. Um, here we go. Dave says, "Is Sarabia keen or not keen?" I like the way he's saying it, phrasing it. Is Sarabia keen or not keen to stay with Wolves until the end of the season? Um, early in the season, it felt like he'd fallen out of favour and didn't look interested. Now he's contributing well to the team. 
Yeah, I mean, I absolutely don't see why not. And there's, there was rumours, obviously, about him. Um, I think it was a Saudi link uh, back in the summer and, and various other moments in time. But um, no, I, I'd be surprised if he went anywhere. Wolves want to add to that forward line, not lose it. And obviously, Fabio's a different situation, but lose it in a player that is playing at the moment and playing well. And um, you mentioned it earlier in the podcast, and, and I completely agree. I thought he was excellent in that first half against Brentford and his cross for that Lamina's header, it was absolutely sublime. So, yeah, he's um, he's starting to take his, his chance now and, and he didn't get it, well, he, he got a brief chance under Gary Neal, then was dropped, then didn't get a chance for a long time. And then Gary Neal publicly said quite a few times, and I asked him about it a few times, said that if you train the way Pablo has trained, there's only so long I can deny you a chance and then you get that chance and it's about you taking it. And, He's definitely had iffy moments here and there, but overall, I think he's taken that chance. He's been really good, and and it's got better actually in the last two or three games. Um, yeah, been really really impressed with him actually. So, yeah, why not? He's got one more year left on his deal after this season. Is that right? That is right. Yes. I I wouldn't rule out him leaving in the summer. I've got to be honest. But I think he's doing a very good job at this moment in time, purely because of wages and balancing the books. And, yeah, and, that's true. You know, that will open up a really good fee for someone or or a lot of wages that you could probably spend on maybe two, three, four players, I think. So he is on if big can, money. Huge, huge, as big as, big as you, mate. And um, I feel like that could be a question that we'll address, redress in the summer. But I think as of now, he fully deserves to be playing. I think his fitness is coming back. I know he tied in the second half against Brentford, but you know, with this constant two, three, four games in four days, anyone's going to be tired. And actually, I thought overall, Wolves finished the game stronger than Brentford, which is astonishing, seeing as they had 10 days rest compared to Wolves' three. So um, all credit to the to the players. Credit to Sarabia for, I think, his, his delivery is a lot better and I think he's contributing. And for me, he stays in the team until, until someone else ousts him. So happy days. Completely agree. And it'll probably be Neto that eventually yes, does it. Yes, exactly. It'll probably be Neto in a couple of games. So. <laughs> Although Jonathan saying that Gidding... was going away as well. It's you know, true. That's yeah. true. There's a, there's a spot there. Absolutely. Jonathan Gidding says, was it a blessing in disguise? Lopetegui leaving and Gary O'Neill coming in. Seems to have really brought everyone together and got some players performing that Lopetegui wanted out. He's also got some some fans eating some humble pie as well. Yeah, it's, it's a good question. and It's a tough one to answer because obviously on the face of it, you lost a manager that has managed Real Madrid in Spain mm. and you know done won trophies with Sevilla and um, done it at the highest level and then you've got someone in Gary O'Neill who without being disrespectful to him is in you know the first year or so of of his he's just completed basically his first year of being a manager because he came partway through the season didn't he with Bournemouth um, first calendar year and he's in his second season so there's a on the face of it you can understand why some fans would be underwhelmed and actually Gary Neal spoke about that last night when I asked him about the fans and um, answered it brilliantly around you know I understand why fans would be a little bit underwhelmed by me coming in and um, I just thank them for basically getting behind him um, and the players but I, I, I said on the video last night that I've said this quite a lot and I'm going to say it again I'm going to say it again on the poddy and I'll try not Go to on. keep I'll try, I'll try not to keep saying it mm-hmm. but I think, it's a, I think it's relevant to this question it's a really important point that I think is worth hammering home again that this is a group of players by and large the same group that June Lopetegui publicly publicly said is not good enough to compete in the Premier League without additions and Gary Neal has taken that same team 
given them belief, given them confidence. And by the way, I think been tactically excellent for mm. probably 80% of games. Mm-hmm. And they've got Wolves to where they are with that kind of attitude and application to, to the job at hand. Had Lopetegui done it the same way, perhaps he'd have got the same results. But it felt to me like the towel was being thrown in. And for that reason, maybe it is a blessing in disguise. Yeah, I can't I can't argue with it to be honest. I mean, I, look, I do I do think Lopetegui is an excellent manager, and when you've covered him for that long, and then you know, you lose him so quickly, but he was a victim of his own downfall, unfortunately, towards the end of the time. Um, and look, interesting to see he's still living in Wolverhampton. Interesting to see his take on on certain clubs, whether that's West Ham he was waiting for, and they keep on winning and doing very very well, or Wolverhampton Wanderers who were, like you say, getting a tune and halfway up the league. Um, Fantastic, really. Absolutely brilliant from Gary O'Neill. Um, Reggie, it's funny though, Liam, just going back to the West Ham game, and I, I think he's I think he's almost turned the corner, Gary O'Neill, now, because I still feel Gary O'Neill was a manager from the fans' point of view, whereas when they won, Gary O'Neill's doing great, fantastic addition, really got the players going, and then they lose at West Ham, and then you've got Gary O'Neill's a fraud, he's not good enough, you know, this is the guy, like, you, you can't win away from home. And I think with the Chelsea game and then and then doubled up with, with Brentford, I actually feel like he's he's almost been pushed over the top now. That you haven't got that kind, especially with the winning away, winning in London after such a long time. I feel like even if they, they, they got beat against Everton, I feel like even those those guys who come out who are ready to the Gary O'Neill bashers, so to speak. And of course, they still have his critics and there still be people who don't want Gary O'Neill in charge. But I feel like he's won over the majority of fans to the extent where if Wolves did go on a bad run now, um, there would be less of those people coming out and calling for his head or saying this isn't the right appointment, etc., etc. Yeah, and I felt that would always come in time for two reasons. One, I felt that the team... Uh, was good enough in the way that they were playing and tactically set up that they would get the results that meant that would happen. But equally, the way Gary Neal carries himself, the way he is around staff and players and other people, the way he is with the media, the way he answers questions, the way he speaks to fans, it's a bit of breath of fresh air, to be honest, for everyone. And I felt that eventually the majority of the fan base would realise that and that, and that, and that would, you know, they would be on board with it. Um, but... Results are probably going to be paramount to that, aren't they? If we're being mm-hmm. honest, um, and Gary said that last night as well. He said, "Look, fans have been brilliant with me, but you know, they, I understand that you know if we win four one every week, it's going to be great, isn't it? It's going to be sure. all roses. So they've got to keep it up on the pitch, but equally off the pitch, it's been just as impressive." Uh, right, ready for a speed round of questions? Let's do it. Okay, quick one. Stuart says, uh, "Should Wolves should Wolves allow Fabio to leave and not replace him, thus allowing Nathan Fraser to be the backup striker once fit and get him some Premier League playing time this season? We are likely to finish outside the bottom three and not get into the top seven. Yeah, I understand the the point. Um, I think if you let him players go, I think you should try and keep the same number. And I think you, you're risking a lot there by relying on a young lad who's not really had a lot of chances yet in the Premier League. So. As much as I like Fraser, so I, I would say no. I think you have to, if you let him go, you should you just still bring someone in. Albeit there is that argument there that that you don't from the you know the previous conversation we had. But um, yeah, Gail Holford, Santiago Bueno did well considering his lack of Premier League experience. If we bring in another experienced centre back, would you send Santi on loan to a Championship club to give him more game time? Um, I understand the point of the question in the sense that you know he'd be English football and he'd get opportunities. But this is a player that we'll spend what about eight and a half million on someone who's 
played at the top league of Spain for a number of years, played um, at a good level. I think he's, regardless of how he gets on with Wolves in the Premier League, I think he's far and above championship level. So, no, I don't think I don't think that would be a wise move. But I understand the point of yeah, trying to get in minutes, and particularly with English football, trying to get used to it because he does look, to me at least, a little bit lightweight at the moment. Um, Steve Wolf in Bristol would love to see Wolves take a look at Scotland heart striker Lawrence Shankland in January very good number nine and cost well under 10 million I think are, you, are you familiar with Lawrence Shankland I think I saw I think was it last night or recently I can't remember exactly um, he scored um, a last minute winner for hearts against Hibs um, let me double check now um, not as familiar with him, I'm sure the uh, <laughs> I'm sure the people are more familiar with him than I am. But um, but yeah, I mean, any, look, any, Wolf... any Scottish Wolves fans listening to this podcast, get in touch and uh, we can maybe broker a deal and, and get some agents fees if we get him across. Yes, it was right. Ninety third minute uh, away at Hibs last night. They uh, he scored a winner. Um, yeah, look, I'm sure Wolves will be will be doing their due diligence on all of the uh, the strike options and looking. Looking everywhere, as, as they always do for, for, for the right deal. Uh, I like Ellen Young's question here, and I, I'll be honest, I've got to agree with it. Is Mario Lamina ahead of Pedro Neto as our best player of the season so far? Yes, I think he is. I think he is. Um, Pedro, had he not been injured and carried on his form, maybe would have been surpassing Lamina, or at least very, very close to him. And he still is close, don't get me wrong, and hangs up there as well, and there's other players. But... Maybe it's recency bias, but Lamina's just been so good, and the way he carries this team, I think he's uh, yeah, he's a real anchor for this side. He's been excellent. Uh, two questions from Cape Cod Wolves: Give me the lowdown with the Ryan Agnori in inverted commas injury in the early moments on Christmas Eve. What it appeared to be an orchestrated orchestrated on field coaching adjustment to an unexpected Chelsea formation. If so, bravo, Gary O'Neill. Yeah, um, obviously we couldn't tell from. Uh, from being in the stadium and, and being there, but there was people um, who were watching on TV, uh, according to the commentators or what they'd been told or seen, that it seemed like Gary Neal told him to go down so that he could yeah. have time to have a chat with Cunha. So um, I don't know for certain, but it wouldn't surprise me because uh, yeah. these are the the dark arts, if you will, of uh, yeah. of, of football, and this, yeah. this is the things you got to do. Oh, well, like I say, I said last night, uh, hilarious uh, second half when Brentford was saying about Wolves' time wasting. I mean, it's just, it's just beautiful. It's just poetry in motion, honestly. You love to see it. My good God, the irony. Um, also, he says, keen or not keen. A lot of people going keen or not keen. Maybe they like the segment. Maybe we've found a winner, a keeper. Keen or not keen. There's Gary Neal's um, half-year performance or six-month performance as Wolves coach has been more impressive than Julian Lopetegui's. Keen or not keen? It's a, yeah, it's a, it's a really... Tough question, which I'm going to give a really awful answer to, Ooh. and um, I'll, I'll give you this this reason quickly. Um, I'm going to say, let's leave it up for debate. Maybe that maybe it's a poll for mm. Judah to put oh, out okay. because okay. I genuinely okay. don't know the answer to this. Okay, because I really go back and forth in my head because maybe June Lopetegui like June arrived with Wolves bottom of the league, mm-hmm. and he had a big job to get them out of it. However, they spent a lot in January. On the flip side to that, Gary Neal comes in. It's a new season. Yes, he's had very little time to work with the team, which I think is important to mention. But it is a fresh season. Wolves aren't you know, in a certain position in the league yet. There's no games played. The ball's not been kicked. There was an opportunity to build something, albeit it's rushed and difficult. Um, at the same time, there was a lot of senior players that left and Wolves hadn't brought many in and didn't obviously until the end of 
end of the window once Nunes had gone. So I think all of those factors added together almost in my mind makes it a, a toss-up or makes it as close to even as, po- as it possibly can be. I don't really know. I'm almost inclined a little bit to go with Lopetegui purely because it meant that Wolves remained in the Premier League, which I think was so crucial. Mm. But depending on how Gary Neal does for the rest of this season, I could change my mind. I know, I know it was based on the six-month period, but I still, yeah. So it's a, it's a tough one. It could be a poll, that one. I am literally writing the poll as we speak. So we might have some early indications by the end of this podcast. How's that? Perfect. I think that sounds like okay. a who has had Who has had a more impressive six months as Wolves boss? Is that is that right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds good to me. Oh, who? Yeah, who has had a more impressive six months? Not the best English, but is that okay? Who's had the more impressive six months as Wolves boss? The more, yeah. Although Gary, he was. It's been less than six, hasn't it? Because it was August he came in. Mm, August, September, October, November. December, um, yeah. Or you, you could do it as half of the season. Who has had a more impressive half season as Wolves boss? Yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah. half season. Okay, half season. As Wolves boss, who is that the more impressive? Okay, we are gone, sent. We shall see. We shall see by the end Cool Hand Aid says, if VAR has gone our way with those potential seven points, we would be in sixth place. Oh, no, Julie, you messed it up, mate. What? You didn't say who's had a more impressive, you just said who's had a more half season. Oh, shit. <laughs> I can't see it. Okay, let's go. This is why you shouldn't do it during the potty. That's true. Who has had a more impressive... Half season, great, great podcast. Listen, to this half season as Wolves boss. Okay, I'm going to do it now. Okay, great. Um, that's gone. Um, he says uh, we'll be in sixth place um, if we've got the VAR potential seven points. Considering we were one of the bookies' favourites to be relegated, it shows what a great job Gary Neal is doing. Plus, that would mean the Judah barbecue is on, baby. Yeah, no, it really does. I mean, it would be a one hell of a. Uh, a job um, had Wolves been I mean it has been anyway but it would have been if Wolves <laughs> were sick or anywhere near that um, yeah I, I mean obviously would love Wolves to uh, to make it and Judith have to do the barbecue I, I, I think I'll hold off on any of that uh, European talk for the time being I think there's there's a long way to go and it might be a bit premature but it's 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 nice to, to dream and it's exciting isn't it yeah, it certainly has, mate. Uh, right, next one. Realistic centre forward targets for January. I'd have said maybe Bamford earlier in the year, but seems to be out of favour even in the Championship at the moment. I really struggle to think of anyone we could afford that would cut it in the Premier League, but maybe I just don't know enough about the EU League, says Sam. Yeah, the, the easy sort of answer, or maybe reassurance is the right way to phrase it to, to this kind of question, is that, as we know, Wolves is... Uh, depth of scouting um, has definitely improved and they're looking at other markets. Wolves will be looking very detailed and deeply into into a lot of players and what they can do and, and what markets they can look at and what kind of deal they can they can do. So um, on the face of it, you might think, oh, you, you know, I, I can't think of a, a striker who would who would work. I mean, they've got people who are their jobs are to to find these gems and find these players or. Um, it might not be a player you know. It might be a player out of nowhere. Like Jao Gomez, for example. No one had any idea who he was. And look how he's getting on now. So, mm. um, yeah, that that would be my bit of reassurance, I think. Okay, uh, Moz says, what's the updates on Geddes and Pedence? Is there potential income from sales of these players as appears no way back for either? Add to Fabio and Johnny would be taking 40 to £45 million pounds worth of income. Yeah, I think the the likelihood of selling either of them 
Pedensel Geddes in January is probably quite low. I mean, they're on loans for a reason. They're, you know, they've in terms of contracts, Pedensel's signed a one-year extension, so he'll have a year left when he comes back to Wolves in the summer. Um, Geddes will still have what will it? Three years left when he comes back in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Wolves are in a position to still you know sell them and 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 make money there. Now that's probably more likely than anything. I wouldn't rule it out in January, but it's probably more likely and. Um, I'd be very surprised if either of them have any future back at Wolves. It will be uh, a case of selling them on, I think. Uh, Louis says, how many more interviews will Lopetegui do before we break into the European places? <laughs> well, uh, this is my time to announce that I have mm. um, an exclusive <laughs> sit-down. <laughs> no, I definitely don't. Um, yeah, a few. I, I genuinely, by the, before the end of the season, if he hasn't got another job, I'm going to say he does another three. Um, Yamcam says isn't Ryan Atnoe just fab this season I mean he is been superb he says contract talks question mark there's quite a few who you think may be looking to sign some of the younger players Ryan Atnoe will be one of those who has had such an incredible turnaround really kind of like frozen out um, at times by by Lopetegui and, and comes back into this starting lineup and really has taken over from Hugo Bueno as the. St- I know it's horses for courses but I do feel like Ryan Atnoe is, is the starter at left wing back now for Wolves yeah, no, hundred um, percent. I think considering where he came, with him being frozen up by Lopetegui, as you say, and um, out of nowhere having an opportunity, and it's a almost a specialist hybrid role that he's playing that suits him perfectly. He's been really, really impressive. Um, yeah, really, really good, and 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 he's taken that chance, and he earns anything that comes comes to him in the future. Um, I'm sure there'll be definitely be talks and. With uh, with other club uh, with other uh, players, eight Nori, I don't know, Totti Gomez, players on short deals like Dawson or Lamina, there'll there'll be conversations being had, I'm sure. All right, let's move on to Everton at home. Everton just got beat three one by Manchester City, but they've had a great run. At the same time, Liam Wolves going for three wins on the spin, uh, four in what would be six as well. Uh, I think would that be right? Four and six, four and seven, four wins in seven. If you had the Burnley game, West Ham and Forest, four and seven, but three on the spin in the Premier League would be fantastic. I see no reason why they can't go and get a win here, Liam. What are you expecting? Look, we know the running low. We know there's question marks over over Dawson, but hoping he's fit. Over Huang He Chan, we're hoping he's fit, and we'll we'll hear a bit more from Gary O'Neill. I don't think he'll give too much away. To be honest, tomorrow I think he'll say we'll make a late call on them. Uh, do you expect both to play and? If so, will they go with the same starting lineup apart from Dawson for for Santiago Bueno against Everton? Yes, they're hopeful for both of them, but I think it's obviously definitely not a guarantee. Um, let's say that Huang and Dawson are both available. Um, I think it's a one change again, and it's Dawson in for Santi, and I think it's the rest of the team is exactly the same. I think he's, and we spoke about it a bit last night actually, didn't we? That I think. He's almost going to say, "Look, let's just get, let's just squeeze every last ounce of effort out of this starting eleven. Get through, which sounds almost negative. I don't mean it to sound that way. Get through the game with Everton and hopefully get a good result. And then you've got the FA Cup after that, and then you've got a bit of a winter break, and you've got opportunities to to rest up a bit. So, yeah, I think it's clearly the the best starting eleven now, unless you start Neto, but I don't think he'll start him. I mean, you're running these guys into the ground, but the way that that January." lends itself, Liam. This is, I know the FA Cup, but I think the FA Cup really, I don't think Gary even considered the FA Cup 
yet. And no, yes, we all want to so. run there, but it will be the Premier League are the most important thing. And then we'll see what's happening come January. I think it could be an excellent starting um, game for the likes of Pedro Neto to get a start and get 60 minutes underneath him ready for the Premier League to return. But I think we'll see a much changed lineup, and they'll count the bodies and see what they are. But anyone who's in that red zone, and they are in that red zone going into Everton, if they're any, if they're anywhere near the red zone going, I know they've got a bit of a break going into Brentford away, they'll just be rested, I think, and I think that's the best way to go with it. Yeah, I think so. I think so. This team's been done so well um, as they are, and there's so many good individual performances. I think you have to keep the same starting eleven, and then with Neto back and a couple of other players obviously Bellegarde back from his illness briefly yeah I mean, you, you do have Ubicar Traore you've got yeah. Sasha Kalajic you've got you know, Hugo Bueno Santiago Bueno can play Matt Doherty you know uh, Bentley I mean I'd like to see a strong team don't get me wrong but if it's jeopardising their, their future fitness and they're, they're struggling a little bit then I'd rather see them on the bench but Wolves can still put out a decent team and a strong team at Brentford who, had, by the way, have lost four on the bounce now and are sliding. They might look at that game and thinking, we could do without the, the FA Cup this year. I need to concentrate on the league. We don't know how Tony's going to be when he comes back. So let's just let's just put out a side here. And they could have a bit of a run. But, you know, in terms of the games, this is the most important thing. And then we'll, 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 get, we'll cross Brentford away when, when we, you know, when we come to it. Yeah, I think if... If, it's different if Wolves were in the latter stage of the FA Cup, but with it being the third round, if, if you were to offer someone three points against Everton or get through sure. against Brentford, you, you take the three points. 100%. So, 100%. Um, I would love a cup run, by the way. I said this to you a lot on the car on the drive down yesterday. I'd love a cup run, uh, and I hope that they do it. But yeah, you, I think you go after this Everton game with the idea um, of playing your strongest team and winning it, and then you mm-hmm. approach Brentford... Um, with depending on how players are, who needs a rest, who needs minutes as well, because there's a lot of players there that need to play, um, and you go from there. So Wolves, I think, will be will, will approach it that way. Gary Neal will be absolutely desperate to get three points against Everton, and if he does, that'd be one hell of a return over the festive period. Oh, unbelievable! Um, have you clicked on the vote yet, Liam? If you haven't, then I'll ask you a question, but don't cheat. Uh, I haven't, as in like voting myself. No, just on the on the poll. You haven't looked at the poll since I put it out there. Don't no, look I haven't. At it if no, you have. I haven't. Okay, here it. we go. Um, incredibly, in seven minutes, there have been over five hundred votes already, which is incredible. Uh, what would you say the um, the percentages are? Who has had the more impressive half season as Wolves boss, June Lopetegui, Gary O'Neill? What do you think the percentages are at this moment in time? I'm going to go five hundred votes. I'm going to go with. I think a lot of people will be buzzing after last night. Mm. Will be pleased with Gary O'Neill. I think. I think seventy five in favour of Gary O'Neill. Gary O'Neill, 89%. Lopetegui, 11%. Go on, Gaz. Wow. I mean, that's more than I thought and probably you thought. I think there's a bit of recency bias in there. I I, I completely agree. And actually, a lot of the replies to it so far have been kind of more pro-Lopetegui. I think that maybe if we'd put that poll out, I don't know, after the West Ham game, then I'm sure it'd be a lot different. But the way that they've won two, win- two wins on the spin and looking for a third and the way things are at this moment in time, I don't I don't blame them. So, but that's a big landslide at this moment in time. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see um, how that one finishes up. So thank you for everybody who voted on that. Right, Liam, um, we, you've got to get off, baby. And I'm, I'm keeping you to, to the midday. So we'll go for the scores on the doors. Uh, we'll go with your prediction because you're the birthday boy. Um, you are going to be struggling. Hopefully you're not going to be in that uh, media bathroom too long. 
uh, on Saturday, spewing up your guts after your Jaeger bombs and <laughs> baby Guinnesses and, and top shelf shots throughout Friday. Um, thank you very much for your invite. I'm still waiting for it in the post for your birthday, but that's fine. Uh, you've been me off for Vegas. You've been me off for my Christmas party. You haven't invited me to your birthday. Uh, I, you know, I'm not going to invite you to the summer barbecue, the Europa Conference League barbecue either. But that's fine. It's all good. We'll keep it as a working relationship as we should. Right? No, <laughs> no, 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 to... no. <laughs> what a sour note. <laughs> no, I love you really. You know, we we have a good time. We had a good time in the car last night. I. I in, in terms of dialogue. Um, <laughs> Wolverhampton Wanderers 2, Everton 1 I'm going for. That is going to be three wins on the spin. Gary O'Neill's Barmy Army, not just half an hour of singing in the second half, but 60 minutes of it non-stop because Wolves will go 2-0 up in this game. They'll concede their obligatory one goal in the second half and they will win two goals to one. They will finish the year in the top half of the Premier League. Mr Liam Keane, finish it off, birthday boy. Well, talk about recency bias. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of that thrown in. Oh. I'm feeling festive. Oh, I'm I love fe- it. I'm feeling happy. Come on. I'm feeling good. Oh, baby. It's also oh, because oh. this this is going to be the one for the uh, competition, so let's make it interesting. Oh, did your voice break there? Sweet 16. Competition? <coughs> competition? <coughs> no, we're in about. Okay. Yeah, I love that. Good lad. Cough it out. To make it exciting. Come on. I think Wolves yes. are going to give us a lovely New Year treat. Oh, Wolves win this game. Ah! 3 0. <laughs> Liam, bloody keen. I love you. We haven't even said what we're giving away. Um, I'm feeling festive. I'm giving away the home kit. I'm giving away the away kit. And I'm giving away a training top. How's that? Now, that sounds really good to me. It's a great way to ring in 2024. Uh, Thank you very much for listening. Liam, have a great birthday. Thank you to everyone for, you know, this is our last one of the year of 2023. Thank you to everyone who's listened to one episode or 50 episodes or the last 10 episodes of Come to the Live Poddy um, with us. You know, anyone who's interacted with us, thank you so much. God bless you. Hope you have a fantastic new year. Uh, We shall see the other side. Of course, we will see you at Everton as well on Saturday. But for the Poddy, we'll be back in early 2024 previewing Uh, Easy for me to say. Brentford in the FA Cup. From me, from Keno, have a great one. Three points against Everton on Saturday. Take care. Bye-bye. You better retreat because we're on the attack. The strength of the wolf is the strength of the pack. We're Wolverhampton. We're on our way.